Hey y'all, this is Liberated Love Notes, a podcast on Living Corporate Network hosted by yours truly, Brittany Janae, creator of Liberated Love Notes, critical self-reflections and affirmations for the culture. Y'all already know Liberated Love Notes is your source for weekly doses of self-reflection, affirmation, and reimagining for us by us. Y'all, I am in the process of rereading Bell Hooks's All About Love. And I had read it a few years back. I'm reading it now, just in a different, I think, state of consciousness. And it, it has given me so much to reflect on. Y'all, it challenges me really really challenges me or has been challenging me to think about justice to think about justice in its simplest form that being love justice in its simplest form being love and all its implications for relationship and so intimate relationship love and justice and how it shows up in parenting how it shows up in my relationship with myself, y'all. Just just how I show up as a as a human, uh certainly as a leader. In one chapter, Bell Hooks names our toxic obsession or how we've come to understand power and how it stifles our ability to love deeply, to connect. There's this passage where she says, Awakening to love can happen only as we let go of our obsession with power and domination. Awakening to love. Awakening to love can happen only as we let go of our obsession with power and domination. And that chapter alone really has me reflecting more these days on How I've come to know, learn, understand, and even model power. Just my personal understanding, learned understanding of power. Observations around what power is and our relationship to it. It's got me thinking more critically about how normal it is for us to understand power as something to be asserted over others. Power is to be asserted over, right? If one has power, they use it to assert that power over others. And just how normal that is, yet stifling it can be. I told y'all the book has me thinking about love and justice in the context of parenting. And so I've been reflecting on just some of the learned behaviors and norms around power in adult children relationships, y'all. And so this paradigm that adults, right, have power over children, how there's oftentimes more emphasis on power than maybe connection. And I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience and personal tracks, certainly not generalizing. And so it makes me think about how in some communities and pockets of our community, 
it can be interpreted as disrespectful for a child to ask an adult why, right? So I've just been sitting with that. Adults have power over children. How dare you ask why? And so in some ways, questioning and, and curiosity is oftentimes stigmatized, maybe even described as being grown, right? As a uh, mom to a black boy, I'm unlearning that, y'all. I am unlearning that, especially as I strive to reach children, reach children empowered to disrupt the status quo and think critically. And so part of that is, you know, embracing and learning to embrace rather the gift of questioning. I think that's how we disrupt. You know, that's just one way. When I think about this work of of liberation more specifically, you know, this isn't just in the context of, you know, our social systems or how we show up in organizations. I think this liberation stuff's, you know, it starts intrapersonally the work that we're doing in the context of self and in our homes. And so, yeah, I've been thinking about that. How do I disrupt perhaps unhealthy understandings of power at home and my parenting? Because a lot of this, a lot of these norms, right, end up showing up in adulthood, right? They show up in our workplaces. I think about how as leaders, you know, specifically as black folks, we work hard, y'all. We work hard to get where we are, to make certain ranks, to, to be in certain rooms, around certain tables, to build our own businesses. We work hard to, in some ways, be in control. <laughs> we work hard to experience power. I imagine one has to be extremely self-aware and and really critically self-conscious to track when and if on the way to the top, (laughs) on the path towards greater, you know, control or, or power, whatever. I imagine it takes one to be very conscious to track if they've ingested along the way some of those harmful ways of a certain power, right? That might look like power hoarding, and, and so put differently, power hoarding can be likened to the tendency of, you know, once we're in power, qualifying other people's worthiness of voice, of influence, things like titles, right? Your, your perspective only matters or is valid if you're on a certain level. And so power yielded sometimes feels like or sounds like you, this, this you need to prove yourself worthy sentiment. Before we engage, you need to prove yourself worthy. And I imagine how, how stifling that can be, y'all, be to our ability to, to build authentic relationships. I think it's worth us unlearning that. I don't believe that building community and 
building community and authentic relationships should be a haze, right? It ain't no shade to our beautiful sisters, brothers, siblings of the divine nine. I'm just saying more generally, right? We should have to prove ourselves worthy of relationship. I think about unhealthy power yielded, perhaps being paternalistic in nature. And so I think about a lot of these mentor ship programs and just the the paradigm around mentoring that we are often time complicit in with the best of intentions. Mentorship oftentimes requires mentees to do more. And so the people being mentored, the mentees to do more like contorting and changing and fixing themselves. In my experience, mentees are doing more of the like contorting and changing and expected to fix and I and I do my little quote thingies with my fingers when I say fix themselves there's more of that than mentors actually using their social capital to make space for those coming behind them as they are right as they are no I'm not saying that there ain't room for development or growth yes Absolutely, we can all grow. And we shouldn't necessarily have to change who we are. I think about how mentors and perhaps a reimagined approach to power looks like mentors doing more of the challenging their peers and challenging the status quo to shift their understanding of who is worthy and acceptable and valuable and professional rather than forcing their their proteges or expecting their proteges to change to fit i've just been thinking about how much of a of a trauma camp that corporate america in, in many predominantly white spaces can be and and how much is learned How much we learn about power in those spaces. And then I think about all of the reparative and restorative work, the reimagining work that's necessary if we are truly going to be able to create our own spaces. You know, we're, we're engaging, you know, differently in ways that are inherently true to who we are. I imagine if we don't engage in that like unlearning and relearning work, it becomes it essentially, you know, when we create our own, it becomes run of the mill for us to create oppressive spaces that just end up being a different who. And as Audre Lorde has said, and certainly I've shared before, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. I think about the kind of power yielded that says you need to lower your voice, you need to stay in your lane or you too you too loud. They ain't going to listen to you unless you say it this way or show up this way. I think about the the power yielded that says know your place or you're too much, you too extra. I think about the power yielded that says, I can't support you because you're a threat to me. Or maybe that's not said, it's unsaid. I think about the power yielded 
that sends the message is there isn't enough space for us all. Or I need to distance myself from my culture and community as I grow and go in other spaces. I think about the power yielded that says I need to transcend race. And I think about how we must unlearn all of that, y'all. I was listening to another interview by Bell Hooks. And she mentioned something to the effect of a culture of domination always wants us to think of power being outside of ourself. A culture of domination always wants us to think of power outside ourself. Because if we're in that space, we are always working towards filling this gap of not enoughness. Filling this gap of not enoughness. Because we truly don't believe we are. And so when we get it, or actually, even before we get it, if, if we don't believe we're not enough, then we oftentimes mirror it on others. Anyways, all that being said, this has got me thinking more critically about power and how in any context where I may experience power and influence, I should always be asking myself, how can I actively share and use this power to uplift? How can I actively share or use this power to uplift? There's a liberated love note I want to leave y'all with. Hopefully you keep top of mind as you engage throughout the week. As a way to reimagine how you show up in your power, in your power, in your power. Like it's there. <laughs> it's there. And, and it reads like this. I am powerful. I am powerful. I have power. My power is not intended to be asserted over others. My power is one that is shared and used to uplift others. I'm going to read that again. I think it's worth affirming. And I truly, truly, truly believe you believe it and affirm it for yourself this week. And identify the most incrementalist of ways, smallest of ways to uplift and share power. Disrupt the inclination to assert power over. Right? I'm going to read it again. I am powerful. I have power. My power is not intended to be asserted over others. My power is one that is shared and used to uplift others. Mm -hmm. Y'all, we got power. And this week, I just want us to think more critically about how we can use it in more loving ways. That is what we deserve. Peace, y'all.